Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, I'm, I'm literally trapped and in, in my mind, my mindset was, you made this deal. You need to suck it up. You, you have to get over this, which was the wrong thing to do. And I thought of you. And I thought of this podcast. That's my friend Mike Wickett. And I'm glad he reached out to tell his story. Talking about the stress of being a new parent in a new city where you don't know anybody. And the toll it can take on you mentally. Dealing with frustration. Compromise in a marriage. Realizing you need help. And actually reaching out and asking for help. We're going to hit it all this week for Mental Health Monday. Let's roll. Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is useful, but not always a substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Thanks for checking it out. Enjoy the podcast. Thanks for checking out another Mental Health Monday. I'm Riggs from 103.7 KISS FM in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's an Odyssey station. I know a lot about mental health stuff, but one thing I don't know anything about really is being a parent. To one child seems like a lot, but to three children... In about a year, not to mention uprooting your entire life, moving away from all of your friends and family, it can take a toll on you mentally. And it was starting to take a toll on my friend Mike Wickett. You might know Wickett from his time on the radio in Milwaukee if you listen in the radio. Or you might know him as one of the only two couples I've ever married in my life. Him and his wife, Lee. He's a radio guy, so he's very good at setting up the story and telling you everything. But I thought it was something that people needed to hear. Something that other parents can relate to. Something that other men can relate to. We're keeping the men in mental health. It's another Mental Health Monday with my buddy, Mike Wickett. You reached out to me to want to, wanting to be on a, on a mental health podcast. And I was like, of course, I still do Mental Health Mondays. And you've been through a, sh- a lot of changes. Can we swear <laughs> on this podcast? I, mean, I guess, I guess you, a shit ton of change. You've been through a lot. You yeah. really have. Uh, yeah. And you just now got a new gig. Uh, Heather and Wicked in the morning on Laser 103.3 in Des Moines. Congratulations on that, by the way. I don't think I've told you formally, but congrats. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're uh, uh, we're getting ready to kick it off. Like I accepted and then there's the start date and we're, you know, a lot of it has to do with, uh, can I find a nanny? <laughs> can, oh, there is that. Can, we have to figure out who's going to watch these babies. But thank yeah. you very much. It's super exciting. Uh, Laser is such, it's the biggest rock station in the state of Iowa. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome to, 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 to be part of that. And we can talk a lot about that. Because that's, that's another, a, that's another that's, thing for another day. 
Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure. sure that's probably contributing to a silver lining and probably something that's given you a little bit of hope because let's just go over what you've been through over the last, what is it, maybe four years? Maybe four, what, you want to say four years or five years? What, what would be a nice? Um, it you really work? got, it, it really, well, the last time I saw you in person was when you did our wedding. You officiated our wedding, right? That right. was almost four years ago. Yes, that was four years ago. And since then, you've had not one, not two, but three children. Yeah, we got married in 2017. Uh-huh. We got pregnant. It took us a long time to get pregnant because yeah. um, we needed some help with science. Yeah. And and then uh, we were living like we... I mean, Riggs, you knew me in uh, in Milwaukee where the weekend was there and let's get some beers. And, you know, I we knew, were out late. Yeah, yeah, I knew Party Wicket. I knew yeah, Mike yeah. Wicket that loved to go out and drink and party. Which Was, was Party Wicket coping for some things? But were, Are you realizing this now? No, no. Party <laughs> Wicked still lived in Kansas City at the time <laughs> because we had a great downtown loft and we were, you know, if we got pregnant, we were going to try. But if we got pregnant, it happened. But if it didn't, you know, it, it is what it is. Okay. And then we were going to escalate to science. And then we, we, we got pregnant. Yeah. Uh, the It was strange. My wife found out she was pregnant the night of her father's funeral. Oh my. So you can you can connect dots there. I didn't know about it until a couple of days later when we were in Des Moines and we were still living in Kansas City and I drove home early. Yeah. And and she and I said, "Well, here's your anniversary present." And she says, "I don't have yours, but I have this." And she showed me the screenshot of three pregnancy tests that were positive. Also, <laughs> all three. It's a yeah. hat trick. You can't deny that. Uh so we had our first child in uh late January of 2019. Uh-huh. And a couple of months later, maybe eight weeks later, you know, Lee wasn't feeling really well. And I was watching the Bucks play against, um, I think it's the Raptors. And she comes downstairs and she says, I, I think I know why I'm not feeling well. I think it's because I'm pregnant. Again? Again. And Riggs, I, you know, being the wonderful husband that I am, I muted the game. I didn't turn it off because I wanted to watch. I muted it and I set my beard out and I said, huh, okay. And I'm like, all right, well, we were going to go for a second because we didn't want our daughter, Britain, to be born and just to be the only child. We wanted to have a second and we're like, okay, great. But it wasn't just a second. No, uh, I picked the daughter up. I picked Britain up from daycare because at the time I was doing midday radio on KMBZ in Kansas City. And Lee was the program director of 99.7 The Point in Kansas City. And my schedule worked out great to drop the baby off, pick the baby up. And I walk in one day and I knew she had gone to get the the picture of the baby uh, at the hospital, the ultrasound. Yeah. And I walk in and she's holding her camera up, you know, like when you want to record something. I'm like, I know you went to the doctor. I I was there for the picture for the last one. I didn't really need to go for this time. And uh-huh. and she hands me the picture and there's two little peanuts and the letter A and the letter B inside of her. And I'm like, the video is two minutes of me saying, oh, really? shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Well, yeah. Um, so this is Irish triplets, is I guess what you would call it. Well, yeah, because the the twins, Miller and Miles, were born January 6th of 20, 2019. So we have Britain, check that, of 2020. No. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, 20, 2019. Yeah. I'm losing my mind here. So mm-hmm. we had one baby was born um, in January of 2019. The other two were born in January of 2020. That is That is the correct math. It's been a yes. long day. I had my second COVID shot yesterday. I'm sluggish. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so 
But this has all been in the rough in really the last year or so of your life that this has happened. Well, and, and at that moment, we were like, boy, we really need to figure out what we're going to do. Mike, are you going to stay working? Is Lee going to stay home? My career was going really well. Lee's career was going really well. But you're about to have three babies and three babies in less than a year. All under um, one. Yes. The, the, the babies are all the same age for 16 days a year. <laughs> which blows people's minds because like I had three one-year-olds earlier this year and yeah. then next year we'll have three two-year-olds and yada yada. Wow. And so we made the decision that we were going to go to, um, we have to figure out where we were going to, to live because we needed help in Kansas city. As much as we loved our time in Kansas city, we didn't have any family there. So it was either figure out a way to get to Detroit where my family is we have plenty of friends in Milwaukee, the ones we look at as family because we loved our time in Milwaukee. Yeah. Or Des Moines, where she is from. She her she went to, you know, West Des Moines High School and went to college in Iowa at Iowa State and her parents still live here. And lo and behold, whether it's a higher power, karma, the stars aligning, whatever, the radio station she started at 20 years ago needed a program director, 93.3 KIOA. Back in her hometown a, of, in Des Moines. Yeah. yeah. And so it just kind of all worked out. And it was then that I decided, and this is around Labor Day 2019, because the, the twins weren't born yet. And this was, it, it feels like it was forever ago because there was no such thing as COVID-19 yet. <laughs> right. Um, and so I was going to be a stay-at-home dad. And I know nothing about kids. Like, I'm, I'm trying to help out. You know, I'm trying to help raise our first daughter, but I've made the decision that I'm going to pause my career and I'm going to go be a stay at home dad. And Lee's going to go support us. And we found a house and we bought a house. And on the same day, I quit my job. We sold our house and I bought my house. Real talk. How how hard was it? Because I know how much how passionate you are about radio. How hard was it for you to take that step back? Knowing I, mean, I understand this for your family, for your child, but how difficult was it to make that decision? It wasn't hard at first, but it got really hard, if that makes sense. I yeah. I thought I wouldn't miss it. And I've been doing, I, I began doing a podcast about being a dad and, and knowing what I knew about Wisconsin sports. I started doing a podcast about that, but it wasn't the same. You know, it wasn't really real radio. And it began to kind of wear on me and I didn't want to you know, resent my wife or the decision that we made because I was still listening to a lot of radio, especially in the markets that I used to work in to hear who replaced me and to hear how things are going and topics and things that I cared about. So it was, it was difficult to leave a 20 year career where I never really felt like I worked a day in my life. I mean, Riggs, you know, I mean, you wake up at the crack of dawn, you've been yeah. doing it for a long time at Kiss, yeah. and 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 I think you like it. I imagine you do. Well, I, mean, I like it. <laughs> I, you tolerate morning hours. You know this. You don't get yes. used to them. You just tolerate them, and you, after a while, they become just the way things are. Yeah, and I mean, I I began to really miss it, and and I was fortunate to meet some people. The iHeart building here needed someone to fill in, and I started making connections to the iHeart station in uh, in Milwaukee, and and the connection really worked out well in Des Moines, and then I actually wound up doing some fill-in work for an iHeart radio station in Sacramento uh, a couple of nights when their night host got COVID. So um, it was it was really neat, but it wasn't it what you know doing the podcast and fill-in wasn't full-time radio, and I desperately missed yeah. being on the radio. It, it it really, and I know there are going to be some people and, and Riggs, I see all the stuff you do with mental health and, and I'm not going to lie. Like there was, when I was in Kansas city, 
we would deal with, it wasn't a sports talk station. It was a news talk station, but we, we did local issues and we talked about stuff that people are talking about. We had some fun. We focused on stuff like mental health awareness and good. I think I learned a lot from working in Kansas city about what mental health challenges people face, because I think before I was in Kansas city, I probably subscribed to the idea of, uh, like in that scene in the office when Michael Scott's faking jumping off the building into the, the bouncy house. Yes. And he says, I'm depressed. And Dwight says, you know, uh, isn't depressed. Isn't that just a, another word for being bummed out? And I, I think I, I subscribe to that. But learning from people, hearing people, hearing stories, there it's not just black and white. It's not just did you serve in a war and you have PTSD mm-hmm. or nothing. You know, there there's there's so much gray area that I had to learn about when it comes to dealing with the things that challenge you mentally. Like you should get checkups for your physical health, your physical, you go to every year and you need to check your mental health. And, Absolutely. And and I'll be honest, Riggs, there, when I first started doing this, when the baby started to get a little more needy, and I don't want that to come across as bad, but when they needed no, more attention, get, when kids get needy, it's, it's okay to say <laughs> it's not a knock on kids. They're incapable of doing anything on their own. They need human, grown human help. So it's fine to say that. So here I am in a city where I know nobody. We moved here in December of 2019. Okay. I don't know anybody in Des Moines. My one friend, Matt, moved to Madison. He was the only guy I knew in here that wasn't family. He moved to Madison shortly after we got here. Yeah. You might remember Matt. He DJed my wedding. Kitty cat, Matt. I follow him on TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He will love to hear that. He does. Um, He... He moved to Madison. So here I am in a city. I don't know anybody. I have to stay inside. It's the dead of winter. And then COVID hits. Yeah. And I I don't know really what I'm doing. I am just trying to survive each and every day with these kids. And it's starting to build to the point where Lee comes home. My wife comes home every single day. And I just start complaining. And I start bitching to her about... Oh, Miles did this and your kids hate me. And, you know, whenever they're bad, they're her kids. Whenever they're good, they're our kids. Right. Um, and I, I, she was my outlet because she's the only person I talked to. I'm not going to complain to my mother-in-law about it. or I'm not going to call my mom and be like, oh, my God, because I chose this. Like, there was part of me that said, Mike, you need to suck this up and you need to get through this. And then there was one day where it was in January. And Lee doesn't love that I tell this part of the story, but she told me in not so many words that all I do is complain and that I suck. And she used different terms. And I'm not afraid to say it because at that moment, Riggs, at that moment, I should have recognized my problem. But instead of saying, okay, I need help. We need to hire a nanny. I need to go back to work. I have to get this. This isn't working because every day was a grind. I bottled it up to the point where I wake up at six because the babies are waking up and I think, crap, I don't want to go to work today. I, I, it's, a, it's a race to get to 1215 when all three kids are asleep. Yeah. Um, I have to leave the room to scream. And sometimes I don't leave the room. 
and I don't like to think of myself as someone who does who has a short temper, but this is get it 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 everybody told me being a stay-at-home father with three babies was going to be hard. And they were all exactly right. Mm-hmm. But it's harder than anything I've ever done because one baby is hard, two babies is very hard, three is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, there was one point we were changing 40 diapers a day. 40 rigs. 40 diapers a day. When they were first born, we were waking up in 40 diapers a day. We're down to about 20 or 21. (laughs) I know. Jesus. So you were this, your anger was starting to come out in other ways. You were clearly angry, but it was, your anger was coming out in unhealthy ways. And I can't go anywhere. I can't go anywhere because I don't have any friends. And I can't go anywhere because of COVID. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm literally trapped. And in, in my mind, my mindset was, you made this deal. You need to suck it up. You you have to get over this, which was the wrong thing to do. And I thought of you, and I thought of this podcast, and I and I didn't reach out to you in January or February or March because I didn't ask for help yet. It was about th- three weeks ago, four weeks ago, okay, when I I finally said to Lee. I said, listen, I I have to talk to you about something. And no wife ever wants to hear that because then it sounds like you've been doing something horrible. Yes. <laughs> but I said, I need to talk to you about something. And she said, what? And I said, I need help. And I, I you know, my mood sucks and I don't want my kids to grow up to resent me. I don't want them to see me only as the angry guy. I don't want to hate waking up in the morning. I'm a bad partner. I'm grouchy. I'm grumpy. You know, my, my only relief is at 1215 when the babies are asleep and I can sit in silence and stare out the window. Yeah. Or at seven o'clock, I can crack open a white claw like I just did or whatever. Damn right. And that's a whole different, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Uh-huh. <laughs> as they say, if, you're, if that's the way you're going to cope with it. And so, you know, we we talked about it. And at the same time, um, I was beginning a little bit of a career back in sports radio with the in, in Lee's building, the Saga building, you know, the Des Moines Radio Group, starting to do some updates during afternoon drive. They carry all syndicated ESPN programming, and then that was also airing on on Laser FM, the rock station. So you're doing a little bit more radio stuff. Feels a little bit more normal. Feels a little normal. It it, it 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 was like my only release. I was on a podcast. I'm on a I'm in a stay at home dad network on okay. Facebook. Yeah, and I was on their podcast a while ago, and he asked me about mine and about what I was doing with radio because he's a friend of mine on Facebook, and he said, you know what What's it like when you're on the air? What's it like? And I said, it's my only release. Like talking with you right now, Riggs, is a release. Well, yeah, because I'm not changing diapers. I'm not listening to cries. I'm not cutting up my 90th strawberry of the day to little itty itty bitty pieces. So my one-year-old son and daughter can eat them. It's not, you know, it's my release. Yeah. And then I was going to become a bit part on the morning show on laser. And right about the time my bit part was going to begin, it's like, Oh, the sports guy is here. Hey, let's have some zany hijinks and talk football. Hey, come on every once in a while. Do some laughs. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Their morning, what the guy quit. It was uh, Fish and Heather, and Fish turned in his key card. He just he quit. Okay. And 
I was going to go in and just help Heather out because all of us, I mean, imagine coming to a new city, they put the show together and then your co-host, the hometown guy says, no, I'm good. And then here you are. You're stuck doing this morning show. It's like me starting a kiss in an alley just saying, "Uh, I'm out. See you. And I'm like, wait, what? Wait, huh? Huh? Yeah, exactly. And so I kept going in and it was I didn't realize what I was doing was auditioning. And this kind of coincided with me asking my wife, Lee, for help and to say, you know, if if this happens, we're definitely going to need a nanny. If it doesn't happen, then we're going to need a nanny for maybe three days a week or somebody to come in part time so you can just go out and do something. Or maybe you can have dinner ready or, or something, you know, something that's just not me pulling my hair out constantly constantly being a stay-at-home father you need that break sometimes you need to be mike sometimes you don't get a weekend no you know i don't i mean i i know when lee goes to work she misses being with the kids but she has a release now you can make jokes it's like going to a radio station has their own set of babies Uh uh-huh absolutely but i envy that i never get that you know my my wednesday is the same as my saturday And I didn't ever get a break from it. And again, I go back to the silver lining, the the heavens opening up, the stars aligning, whatever. It just so happened that maybe my out loud cry for help and a job opening that I think I'd be pretty good for kind of opened up and and aligned with each other. And, And that to me was just such an amazing coincidence and then you go through the process Riggs. you know how it is you audition or you interview you go to the fancy dinner then you get into the nasty contract negotiations yeah. and all that kind of stuff, all stuff and, yeah. and all that stuff and so yeah it, it the the moral of this is or at least the moral of my story is it's okay to for it, it was really hard for me to say it but it's okay to actually go out and ask somebody or tell somebody like your wife, hey, I need some help. Because apparently other people had noticed that my mood had changed, that I wasn't the same person, that I was just not who I normally have been for the last, you know, three, four, five years or whatever. Um, And I, I know that that's not the manly thing to do, Riggs, but that's really... But it one is. Of the, it's one it, of the dumbest things I ever didn't do in January and one of the smartest things I ever did do in late March. But it is one of the most manly things you can do because what's holding you back from doing that is your manly macho voice on the inside telling you that you got this. Everything's going to be okay. Deal with it on your own. Put on a face and suck it up. And that's what you were saying to yourself. And that's what gets men in super deep shit. I mean, that's why men have higher. <laughs> that's, that's why men have higher suicide rates. That's why men have higher, you know, higher rates of depression. Men are more successful at suicide attempts because men just put all of this pressure on themselves that they have to have it together all the time. And even letting off for a second and saying, you know, this is why men don't stop and ask for directions. We just we don't <laughs> like true. to ask. We don't like to ask for help. We don't. We like to know that we can do it on our own. We can fix it on our own. But the thing is, you can't. And that's totally okay. I don't want this to turn into a parenting podcast because, Riggs, I know how you feel about my children. I, you're the, one of the only people I send the Snapchats to when they're screaming their heads off to say, miss this. Oh, dude, um, it's great. It's birth control. I love those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, thought it was gonna, I thought it was going to get easier, honestly. I, I thought it would be 
something that I would be able to handle down the stretch. I thought I would get more used to crying and I'm just not, I'm just not good at it. Um, I put on a good front. I put on a good face. You see all the fun pictures and stuff on Facebook and the times, the good times are wonderful. Like when the today, right when, uh, right before we came on, I was out on my deck with my daughter, uh, the oldest one, she's two and we're blowing bubbles. And just out of nowhere, she comes up and hugs my leg. Like you're a pile of goo at that point. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, that's amazing. Um, but most of my 10 hours inside the cage that is my house um, isn't like that. And I just needed to to own up to the fact that I wasn't, it wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my relationship with my wife. It wasn't good for my relationship with my, uh, with my kids. And I needed to, to make a change. Have you thought about talking to somebody like a, th- third party maybe a therapist maybe somebody else just to kind of mitigate all of your feelings on the side because while getting a job i think will be good for you i think it's definitely happened at a great time when you needed it when you asked for help but all those feelings and that anxiety or that frustration that that's still going to be there have you thought about continuing to maybe see someone else on the side to kind of you know hash that out and take care of it and make sure it's healthy yeah i have actually um i haven't done anything with it because in my mind, actually, Lee suggested that I do that as well. Good. Um, she, she, because Lee is a big proponent of taking care, of taking care of your, your mental health. Yeah. And as soon as I mentioned that I needed help, she jumped at it. Like she went to, you know, care.com and found local nannies and we've hired an agency to find us the right nanny. Like she jumped all over it. Of course. Um, and, and has been, I wouldn't say pushing me, but encouraging me to do that. My, my wonder is, and I'm, and I hear what you're saying. My wonder is, is this job when I start going in full time? Cause right now we're like in the training process and filling out all the paperwork and all that crap. Sure. Um, my wonder is, will my frustration go away or will it still be there? And if it's still there, then I would take the next step. Then, then I would try to see if there's someone you know, there is, there's local counselors or, or whomever, uh, all over here in Des Moines. So yeah, it, it's definitely on the table. I don't think it's going to go away. It may, but I think you need to leave that door open at least. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that because on my podcast, one of the dads I talked to, uh, his name was Mike, Ka- uh, Mike Cation. And uh-huh. he's actually a professional, uh, tennis announcer. Okay. And, and the reason I had him on was because he was dealing with depression He's a father dealing with depression and there was a divorce and moving cross country and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I stupidly asked him, are you better? And this is, again, goes to me not fully understanding mental health, <laughs> mental health, <laughs> it's, because it's not a destination. Kinda, it's a journey. I think he kind of laughed or maybe he was slightly insulted by that. And it was not my intention to do that um, because I don't know. I've never dealt with it. I've never. It, it, it never in my life have I faced mental challenges that I needed to reach out and get help with. Like I, I Riggs, I have lived a pretty sweet life. I'm not driving a Lamborghini and going yeah. jet setting around the world, but no, but Mike, you've also never had three children with <laughs> under a year. I mean, no. that's, that's a huge life change for anybody. One kid, like you, you said it yourself, one kid is a lot. Two kids is a handful. Three kids is insane. 
Yeah, I mean, you are you are dealing with inst- extenuating circumstances, and I think you're dealing with an, an alarming amount of mental health stuff. I'm not saying it's bad or the sky is falling, but I'm saying it's great that you reached out. I'm really happy that you called and that you're on this podcast because I haven't talked to any parents at all. I've just talked to you know single dudes or maybe married guys that have dealt with issues, but to talk to a father that's like being open and honest about how he really feels about his children and everything, it's not bad at all. It's great, and I'm so happy that you're talking about this. I really am. Well, my next challenge, Riggs, for my yeah. next for my next trick. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, when I made the decision to go back to work and I accepted the offer, I kind of yeah. came home and I looked at my kids and I'm like, now am I abandoning my children? Now, I mean, now am I because I know that parents work all the time. Both you know, nannies are, are, are a thing for a reason. Daycares yeah. are a thing for a reason. Yeah. You know, I don't have to work financially. My wife makes enough money to, to keep a roof over our head and a refrigerator full, and and I don't have to do that. But I'm, I'm doing it. It almost feels a bit selfish. Um, I'm doing it for me. I mean, the, the money's going to be great. Most of the money that I'm going to make is going to pay a daycare. I mean, daycare in this country, to have somebody come to your house is between thirty and $40,000 a year for what we need for three babies, all in diapers, in home. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm basically working to get away from in my head. And I know this isn't true, That's fine. but I'm working to get away from them. And I'm working to pay for the nanny who's going to raise them. Now, I know none of that's true. And it's all in the back of my head because I'm going to come home. I mean, my show goes six to ten, just like yours does. I in think I don't know. Yeah. How long, I don't, um, yeah. You know, I'll be home when the babies are napping. I'll wake them up. I'll be with them in the afternoon. Lee has told me because when she went to work for the first day after she had the twins, you know, that feeling of abandoning, abandoning your kids uh, is really, really hard, you know, and, and I, I'm not looking forward to that. Like that's the next chapter in this mental game that I'm trying to maneuver my way through the word selfish gets a bad rap sometimes and i think the way that you're doing you're perceiving selfish isn't isn't negative i think selfish is screw these kids i'm going out and doing something for me i'm going out drinking tonight i'm going on a vacation i don't care what you do or what happens that's selfish what you're doing is selfish for you and to better your mental well-being and your physical well-being it's going to affect both obviously and i think when you make decisions like that that are that type of selfish I think it's actually good and selfish gets such a bad rap because of the assholes that make selfish bad. There are a lot of selfish people out there, but you're doing it for such a good reason. I don't think it's selfish at all. I mean, it is, but not in the way that the general population sees things as selfish. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to to Vegas for a month. No, I mean, I'd lo- I would love, I would love to go to Las Vegas for a month, no. but I, <laughs> I mean, selfish is I'm hiring a nanny. I'm going to do, you know, get a drug habit or something to pay for this nanny. So I don't have to deal with these kids ever. That's selfish. You still want to be part of your children's lives. You still love your children. I can tell you're still an amazing father to your kids. So I don't think you're being selfish at all in a negative way. I think you're being selfish in a very good way because you haven't. And you've I think been, I'm going to, you've been go giving ahead. your, you've been giving yourself to everything. You've been giving everything of you. And you can't fill from an empty cup. I say that a lot. You got to be a full cup yourself before you can even give anything to your kids to be a good father, to be a good husband to your wife, you know? And that's, that's a big one too, is, you know, I don't, 
I don't want to be the grouch my wife comes home to every day, no. you know, who's who's pissed off because the babies didn't nap and then they were screaming for, you know, three, four hours or anything along those lines. I, I don't want that. I want to be I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good partner. I want to be a good father. That That's like goal number one, you know, hashtag family first. That's the most important uh-huh. thing in the world. And I think leaning on her, especially at the beginning, as I go back to work, leaning on her is going to be vital because she did it. I, I guarantee you every parent that leaves their kids for the day to go to work, whether the kid goes to daycare or stays at home or whatever, I, I guarantee that that parent feels guilt as they're driving to work or oh, yeah. it, it hits them when they're sending an email or or whatever it is they do for a living. I think that that is something that you think, why I, shouldn't I, why should be doing this myself? Yeah. It's like when exactly. someone, it's like when someone comes over to clean your house and you feel bad, you're like, I'm sorry, should I pick this up? I didn't mean to leave that there. That's rude. You feel like that, like you should be there doing it. You don't want to pay someone else to do it and you feel like you're neglecting them, but you're not. By the second time a cleaning lady came to our place, my feet were up and I didn't care. The first time, yes, I totally know what you're saying. I'm like, oh, shit, you want me to move this chair so you right? can sweep under it? Yeah. After, that, after that, it was like feet up. We yes. had painters over once. And I'm like, I'm just going to go watch a movie while you guys paint everything. Yeah, we're paying you, you to be here. We're paying yeah, you. See you. Right. See, you, see, you, see you later. Yeah, I mean, there, there is that, that feeling of guilt that I'm going to have to get over it. It's one that I have not, not yet experienced. Yeah. So far this this time, but then again, this entire ride at Riggs has been something I have not experienced, and you know I don't want people who are listening to this to think that I didn't try to deal with it. It's just harder than anything I've ever done in my entire life, and I worked with Chuck Freeman, and and that <laughs> if you know who Chuck Freeman and, and you, know, you, know, you know that that is yeah, I mean. It's it's like it's like working with uh, you know a boomer Wes McCain like that's a really tough <laughs> that's a really tough sell to a so lot of many, people. How many inside jokes here? If anybody that's listening in radio, they get all of that. Right, Milwaukee there. radio jokes inside. Um, but all. yeah, but, but it, I, I do want I do want other guys to know if if you're a dad or you're a stay at home father or or whatever, yeah. even if it has nothing to do with being a parent. It was hard for me to say. I need help. And you know what's even harder, Riggs? And I'll tell you what, it's harder to say that to your wife. You know, I I don't know how often you ask your wonderful wife, I need help. But it's hard for for a lot of guys to say, and maybe not head in hat or hat in hand, to go to your wife and say, I need help. But it just feels like that's that's something that's still so taboo. Being a stay-at-home father is taboo. I got called every name in the book. Mr. By Mom. Li- oh, words I don't even want to say on your podcast. Okay. Um, because I was going to be a stay-at-home dad. Oh, you're real manly, all that. And I thought, well, I'm going to take care of my kids. I think that's the manliest thing I can do. Yes. Um, How many dads but- walk out on that situation? I know too many men that have walked out of that or cheated on their spouse and just made things even worse. But here I am asking my wife for help. And a lot of guys won't ever, ever do that. No. And they need to. So hopefully you saying that, we could have at least one father out there who knows he's dealing with the stress. Reach out yeah, I mean, for something. It doesn't, have to, it doesn't even have to be to your wife. I mean, eventually you should ask your wife for help. But it could be to somebody else. It could be to another friend, honestly. 
Just my asking, wife's awesome. Asking somebody for help. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You're so right. I mean, when Lee saw the look on my face when I told her that I needed help, it was just like, she's like, okay, boom. And my wife handles that kind of stressful situation so well. Me, I crumble. I'm not that, I'm more of a, I'll get the checklist of things done today, but big picture stuff, I don't do great. Mike, how much much better did you feel when you said that and she immediately jumped to your help? She was on care.com within the hour creating a profile. Now, how did that make Uh, you feel though? Were you relieved? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think I expected her to laugh at me. I don't think I expected her to say, well, you made this bed. You got to lie in it. I don't think I expected her to say anything of the negative. I think I expected her to understand. I was just blown away by how, um, how quickly she jumped at it. How quickly she said, you know, it's like, I need a life preserver how quickly she threw that life preserver out to me, grabbed it, pulled me in and was like, all right, we got a rescue boat. Now what can we do to make sure you don't fall overboard again? Mm -hmm. Like to me, that blew me away. And I'm not, I I shouldn't be that surprised because my wife's awesome. I mean, she's an operations manager. She's a mother. She runs this household. She handles our finances. She's your boss now. (laughs) Well, she's, she's my boss at home and at work. So basically like she is so excited to go over what I do on the air. It's called air checking for those that don't know. She is so excited to air check and tell me what I do wrong on the air. Oh my Lord. She air checks me at home. Anyway, tells me what I do wrong around here all the time. But to have, again, not that I was worried she was going to give me the middle finger and say, sorry, this is what we're doing right now. You have to be a stay-at-home dad because that's what you said a year and a half ago or a year ago or whatever. But it was the speed in which she said, okay, let's do it. Let's fix it. And and that to me was was absolutely awesome to have the support. Um, you know, Riggs, if you went to your wife today and you said, Alana, um, you know, I think I want to get out of radio and I, I think we need to move to Florida. I think after a minute, she'd be like, okay, cool. There's good wine in Florida. And you guys would be off to Miami. Like, course, I don't if think that's, that- if that's what we really need to do, then yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, know you would do the same for your wife too. If she came to you and said, this is just too much work is stressing me out. I need help. I need to reach out to somebody. I need to talk to a there. Maybe she would need help. You would be there for her in a second. I know you would. I did it twice, Riggs. Yeah. Did it twice. I mean, uh-huh. my career in Milwaukee was going quite well. We were doing really well on the sports station. Uh, she and I were dating. We were living together. Yeah. She got an offer from Kansas City. Yeah. I up and left. Uh, we were in Kansas City. My, I mean, granted, we got pregnant twice yeah. <laughs> in, a, in, in a year. <laughs> but it was like, well, what do you want to do? I left my career a second time. You know, it was for the family. It was for good reason. Yeah. But you're exactly right. I would do it for her. If, if, if tomorrow she got an offer to go to Chicago, you know, I, there's, it's a little different. I don't have a ton keeping me here in Des Moines. <laughs> right. I have no family. I have no friends. I have no career, hey. but it's still, you know what I mean? <laughs> you got no roots. None. You can move those None. kids with you too. Take them up North. But she just, she, she said, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's find somebody. Even if it's part time, even if laser doesn't happen, because again, at that time, I was I was barely on the radar of the program director for laser. Yeah. And um, at that time, she was like, we just need to get somebody maybe in here three days a week, maybe maybe for two hours a day, four hours a day, something along those lines. And Mm -hmm. and having that lifeline when you're drowning is awesome. 
Well, I'm glad that you reached out for help. I'm glad that you asked Lee. I'm glad she was receptive. Obviously, not surprised, kind of like you were not surprised. But it sounds like things are going in a better direction for you than they were. Things are looking up. You know, and I, it, it's so, Riggs, I was going to contact you as soon as I found out I got the laser job. Because yeah. this isn't the means to an end, but to me, this was the, I don't know, the breakthrough I've been desperate for. Yep. For over a year, you know what I mean. Um, I really, you know, I was looking around, and radio's so different than it used to be. You don't have to live in a market to be in that radio on that radio station these hey, days. With anywhere, tech. yeah. I mean, you and I are not. For those that don't know, you and I are not in the same room right now. I'm in my Even basement, and like, I'm in Franklin, Wisconsin, in my basement. I am in a studio built in my closet into in West Des Moines, Iowa. See? So, but it sounds like we're in the same room together. But it was, you know, it, it, it's been a very, very difficult year mentally for me. And over the last couple of months, it's, it's, it seems to be going better in the right direction. And, 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 and talking about it with you and talking about it with her and, and, and vocalizing all of these things that have been in my head for the last two months, six months, eight months, a year that I really haven't been able to get out there. It, it's it's so important to talk about, and I think it's just so great that you have this outlet, this podcast, and the things that you do on social media for mental health. It's so important. As a guy who didn't think it was even a thing two years ago, three years ago, I didn't. And you know, you learn you, you learn a lot. You learn a lot, Riggs, as you get out of your thirties. And I'm going to be forty in eight days. So, oh good Jesus, God. that's right. Yeah, I'm still in my thirties. <laughs> I still got a lot to learn in two more years. Oh my lord! <laughs> oh, the places <laughs> you'll go. <laughs> that's right. Well, I like the mind shift that you've had, Wicked Mike. I really do. Um, and keep talking about it. Keep keep being open about it because that's the best thing you can do for for you, for your wife, for your kids, for for uh, really anybody that's listening. And keep talk about it on your show too. I mean, that's going to be such a great outlet for you. That's a great outlet for me being on the radio and. Use it for that too, but just keep, yeah. keep talking about it. Don't don't internalize your your shit anymore. It's not no, good. <laughs> again, that was the one. That was the opportunity, and I don't think she knew she was giving me the off ramp when she said, "You're being a grouch." That was my my chance. I should have in January said, "Let's get me some help," but I didn't, and that's the mistake. And the plan is to to talk to. I mean, you know, it's a rock station and down here in Des Moines. Most of our audience is guys. Most of our audience is men. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, there's definitely going to be people I think that I can connect with when uh, when we do bring it up, and it is in the plan. Heather is ready for me to talk about it down the road for sure. Good. Well, that's that's called keeping the men in mental health, and I love that. So, Mike Wicket, thank you for your time today, my friend. I'd love Rick, to have I you appreciate on, it. I'd love to have you on again for an update. See how you're doing in a couple months. Do another check in. Do another temperature check. See how you're doing. Sure, I would absolutely love that. And and thank you to uh, to you for having me on the outlet. And sure. you know, if we ever can travel with three babies and get back to Milwaukee, <laughs> which sounds insane, but we have the minivan now, so you, you can do it. We, 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 it's a GT. It's it's a loaded Dodge Caravan. <laughs> now we would love to get back to Milwaukee to see you and Alana and all of our friends in Wisconsin and yeah. uh, continued success with the podcast. It is so important that you. Uh, you keep talking about it. Thank you. And continued success, success with you and your new gig at Laser 103.3 with Heather and Wicked in the morning. Go uh, go rock uh, Des Moines, man. Make it happen. We're trying. <laughs> We're trying. Thanks, Riggs. Thanks again to Mike Wicked for sharing his story. Don't ever be ashamed to share your story because it'll inspire other people to speak up and speak out. 
which is really the point of mental health in general. You know what I mean? So if you have a story you'd like to share, please feel free to reach out. My website is rigsradio.me, or you can find me pretty much anywhere. Just search for Riggs Radio. Enjoy the rest of your day, your afternoon, your weekend, your night, whatever it is you happen to be doing. I'll talk to you next time. Make good life decisions, all right?